Now, we all know that Martin can metabolise a pint in five minutes, but I bet even he wouldn't turn his nose up at getting free beer delivered to his door. Yes, our friends at Beer 52 are offering our listeners a free case of eight unique craft beers. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF and cover the postage of $5.95. Beer 52 is the world's largest beer club. Even Big Mandy is welcome, but not Colin. He's an utter bozo. Each month, members are sent a crate of beer with different themes. Don't like dark beer? Then choose the light option. Comes with a magazine and two snacks, BLT and crumpets not included. Don't be a cockwomble. Just go to www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF to get this amazing offer. That's www.beer52.com forward slash WTAF. Hi, this is Jimmy Walker. I play Dan Greaves, and you're listening to What the Actual Fuck, a This Country podcast. Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. Daft cow. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hey, what the actual fuckers, and welcome to WTAF, a This Country podcast. Now, first, he's the man who loves tomato sauce on his crisp sandwich, but doesn't care if there are holes in his crumpets. It's Neil. Hello. I d- um, the holes, crump- uh, <laughs> holeless crumpets and muffins, were they not? Um, I suppose so. There you go. Unless they're crumpets that are just upside, upside down. down. And I like a tomato sauce sandwich. I've never done it with crisp. A little bit more texture. Yeah, try that next time. Which flavour crisps? Ready salted are fine. Okay. Ready salted are fine. Let's not go too avant-garde. No, no. (laughs) Tomato sauce flavour. Our guest this episode has appeared uh, appeared with everyone from Basil Brush to Ross Kemp. But it's performance, his performance as Nige Carter in the blockbuster award-winning uh, drama Broadchurch that will most no, no oh my god that most will know him from. Please welcome to WTAF Joe Sims. Yay! Yay! <laughs> we got there eventually. God, dear me, the longest that was slick boys. Nice work. <laughs> <laughs> How are you, Joe? I'm all right. Uh, I've just, I just finished work for the day. Although I just got uh, I just got a message that uh, I, I, my pickup tomorrow is at five forty five. So uh, neither that like a bullet in the air. Oh, oh my god! Christ. I take it that isn't five forty five in the evening either. No, I'm afraid not. Although the good news is uh, I'm in the first shot of the day and then uh, then I'm wrapped, I think. So if that goes well, then I might be able to make it back to Bristol in time to watch Bristol City versus Hull. Oh, nice. Oh, my goodness me. Living the big yeah, time. Indeed. Yeah. Right, now, are the you... The eyes of the footballing world will be firmly <laughs> on Bristol tomorrow <laughs> for that one. <laughs> <So> <laughs> Who are cares you... about the Champions League when City when... and Hull are playing? I was just about to say the same thing. Ronaldo, who gives a shit? It's yeah. Bristol City That's versus exactly. Hull. Um, He's playing tonight and I'm chatting to you too. Oh, it's tonight, isn't it? Of course oh, it is. Yeah, it's yeah, Liverpool yeah. tomorrow. Liverpool, oh, well, you know. Uh, anyway, um, can you tell us what it is you're filming at the moment or is it hush, hush, top secret? No, I certainly can. I mean, like, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm so far into it now. If they fire me, then uh, I've already been picked, so it's going to be all right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I'm filming something for Netflix called Free Rain, um, oh. which is uh, like, you know, a, a, a teen drama 
um, set in the north of England. And um, yeah, it's, it's fun because this is the second job that I've had. Um, where uh, I get to be on horseback, and I've never before before like this year, I've never ridden a horse in my life. But now I can do it, and uh, I've never had a hobby before, so it's a skill that I've acquired, and I'm really proud of myself. Right. So you said it was the second time. Yeah. The first time, did you lie at the audition and say you could ride a horse, or was it something that you were quite up about and said you, oh, you'd never done it before? Where are you, boys? Have you got a camera? Have you got a camera? <laughs> yes, yeah, I did, yeah. I, I, I mean, you know, I mean, actors are professional liars, aren't they? So, uh, yeah, they always say, my agent always tells me, like, say you can do it, uh, and then we'll wait until we get the contract through, and then uh, and then we'll try and break it to them that you can. So, uh, yeah, I definitely lied about being a horse rider, but they sent me for lots and lots of uh, riding lessons, which was class. Um, although, that said, like, you know, the first couple of lessons, they give me a plodder, because I'm a big lad, mm. and they gave me, like, a cart horse to kind of wander about on. Um, and then I, the lady probably says this to everybody, but she went, oh, yeah, this is the, the horse that Russell Crowe rode on. And I was like, Russell Crowe's horse. <laughs> and, that was and I jumped on him and he basically dragged me around the paddock. I thought I was going to die. It was a bit like learning how to pass your test at a Ford Fiesta and then someone giving you the keys to a Lamborghini. I was all over the place. Oh, my goodness. And is, is horse riding something you were going to keep up then? Well, oh, I mean, it's an expensive hobby, isn't it? Um, it is. But they are magnificent creatures, and uh, I really, really enjoy doing it. So, uh, yeah, I, I think so. Because I've got a little boy as well now, so I'd like him to get into it as well. Um, so, so yeah, apart from, like, you know, sort of drinking cider and watching football, I didn't really have any other hobbies. So uh, <laughs> maybe uh, maybe horse riding can uh, fill that void. So is it the sort of thing that, that no, if you'd have said at the start that you couldn't, um, ride a horse? Would a stuntman have taken over and, and done what you need to do, or is it something that you just no, have to man I think up and do? Just got a better actor to come in and take this <laughs> <laughs> So you're saying it's up north as well, um, Joe? Whereabouts up north? And did you? We're have to... filming. Yeah, um, we're filming in Anglesey, Cheshire, and Shropshire, and there are three places that really I've not been to. I don't know about you boys. No, 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 I haven't. It's, honestly. Like, you know, such a bit like because, uh, you know, the nature of the premise of the show is, is, is very big in America. It won two um, uh, Emmys last year. And um, because of the nature of the show, it has to be visually striking because it's big in America. And, and, and as you might imagine, an American audience uh, wants to see, like, you know, the, 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 the kind of beautiful side of, uh, of Britain. Mm. And they absolutely need it. So we're filming in, like, you know, sort of uh, uh, castles and stately homes and all that kind of thing um, because it's about an American girl that comes over. And sort of meets up with, uh, well, British aristocracy. And uh, from what I can gather, some of the most beautiful uh, young people that you've ever seen. I'm, I'm the middle-aged guy that ruins our fun. So uh, <laughs> that's my job now. Uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and so, it's bit like, you know, I mean, it's, it's, it's basically like a tourist board uh, uh, video for, uh, for, for Great Britain because... Um, Anglesey is absolutely stunning. What an island. If you get the chance to go and see it. I'm always like, you know, I went to Scotland on holiday with my family and I'm always reminded of just how amazing Great Britain is. Mm, I mean, mm. you know, you, you boys know because, you know, you're from the Cotswolds. And so, you know, it, like, you know, I, I mean, the Cotswolds are absolutely beautiful. Like, you know, you, 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 you know, it's like shooting fish in a barrel, like, you know, wherever yeah. you go to chip. Camden or Broadway or whatever, like, you know, it's all absolutely stunning. Um, but yeah, even further afield, like, you know, sort of West Wales and Northwest Wales and stuff, absolutely beautiful. Shropshire, Cheshire, Scotland, yeah, you name it, absolutely lush. So uh, I've fallen, in, fallen in love with Britain all over again. Yeah. Is, is there times in between scenes where you just sit back and think, God, how lucky you are that you're getting paid to do this kind of thing and just... Well, you know what... The, the thing is, I used to uh, I used to fish from my club back home in Bristol, and uh, we're filming in this place, and it's got one of the best lakes. 
uh, going. And I can't. I, I don't know. I can get get hold of to see if I can kind of bring my stuff down. Maybe just drive down for uh, uh, for a shooting that week, and uh, like you know, just get me right out and get fishing because it is beautiful. Yeah. Right. So and any downtime I get, then uh, like you know, it, it's it's and just wandering. Around. Yeah. Are you guys there? Yeah, 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 yeah we're still yeah. here. So, Joe, um, what about accents then? What sort of accent do they ask you to do? Because obviously you speaking to us now, you've got a wonderful Bristolian accent. Did yeah. you manage to keep that or were you asked to go, you know, a northern accent or something? No, I'm afraid I've had to turn me back on me, uh, me West Country heritage on Posh's napkins in this one. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so, so, pronunciation all the way. Which, which was harder, learning to ride a horse or learning to speak Posh? Uh, hi. Uh, <laughs> I, I think that when you decide to be an actor and you've got a strong regional accent, wherever it might be, um, I think that you probably have to learn to lose it relatively quickly because otherwise, um, it, you know, you're, you're going to be a bit of a one trick pony. So in order to have a bit of brevity, then uh, you have to do a lot of different accents. And, um, I, you know, I, I spent ages you know, in my room and still do uh, working on lots of different voices and accents and things like that in order to try and sound authentic. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that it pays off and I'm glad that it comes to fruition. Mm. I was always told when I was younger anyway, like I, I remember um, they're going, you won't ever get on with your West Country accent. Like, you know, if you want to be an actor, like, you know, you need to be able to, you know, to, to be able to speak the Queen's English and stuff. And so I was told often that I had to dial it down even when I went to auditions and stuff, which um, I'd like to say to anybody listening now, you absolutely don't have to do, you know, be your own person, be proud of where you're from. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that sort of sort of rolls into this country really because oh, of course and everybody is talking with with a, a thick sort of southwest accent i mm. suppose if mm. you like and i was just thinking with the fact that you love fishing i've got no i, I don't know why you're not already in the show because you could be, <laughs> you, you could be like curtain's best mate yeah. you know is you know you'd fit in perfectly Riding your I, horse, right? Have <laughs> <laughs> yeah. come galloping into uh, uh, to, to the next series? Yeah. Uh, listen, I mean, yeah, that would be absolutely smashing. But, um, you know, just, just as a fan, uh, you know, it's all right for me just to watch it, like, you know, and just, uh, you know, just, uh, just appreciate the brilliance that is this country. It's, uh, it's a fantastic show, and I take me out off to everybody, cast and crew that's working on it, because it's mint. Um, it's, it's, it's unlike anything that I've seen and I just thought that it, it, it perfectly kind of sums up anybody uh, that grew up where we did yeah mm, absolutely how did you come across it then Joe? oh my mates were telling me about it just like you boys we're just like how the fuck are you not in this? <laughs> yeah. they're, like, they're like, they're like this is written about us. This is our people. Yeah. Um. And like, and the thing is, you know, sometimes like you know, you, like you know, you 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 kind of look to like you know Google or whatever for the kind of authenticity of those people. Just go, he's just a bunch of people putting on an accent or whatever, or they just kind of uh, yeah, like you know, they're just in it for the ride. But you just knew after watching episode one, you're like, there's no way if these guys wrote it acted in it and like you know and like you know that then they're not the real deal they absolutely the real deal it radiates from them and the, the the fun that they have while they're doing it that's what makes it that's what makes it so classy like you know it's just it's just bona fide authentic mm. um uh, yeah it, it, it's class i mean you know I I, I I i sound like i'm coming on just being like you know some um you know uh like you know I don't know. Like, it, 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 it's, it's strange. It's, it's very rare that I, I watch something that just kind of strikes such a perfect note with me. Um, and so uh, I'm, I'm fawning with, with praise, and I think it's absolutely deserved because me and my mates are absolutely glued to it. Yeah. So uh, I take it you've watched the special 
Yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what did you yeah, think? Well, 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 everybody wanted to, like, you know, to see whether it was. Uh, it, it was, was a cliffhanger. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. What did you think? Oh, mate, I thought it was class. Do you know what? It, like, it, it breaks your heart, though, doesn't it? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Like, I mean, I, I, and, and that's what that's that's what the best comedies do, I think. You know, because that, like, you know, it's subtle and it's nuanced. I remember the first thing that kind of got me. Um, to go off piece a little bit, but do you remember that that episode of um, Only Fools and Horses where Rodney and Dell are in the lift and he needs to get Rodney to start talking? So they they, they break the lift on purpose. He pretends that he's nervous and stuff, and they have that moment. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I mean, it just tugs at the heartstrings, and you're like, and, and and you know what? Like you you earn you have to earn that. You have to earn that trust of your audience or whatever. I think um, to get them to follow you on that journey. Mm. And there's things. That, like you know, there, there, there's things that like you know, there's things that Kerry does, where in, in particular, and like you know, that the, the 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 kind of love and the need of, of of validation, like you know, from her dad and stuff like that. I just think, you know, I mean, right fear of hyperbole. I think it's positively Shakespearean. Like you know, it, it's played so well because you can reg that and you can be really heavy-handed and stuff, but it isn't heavy-handed. It isn't. It's really kind of like you know, it's really really gentle. It's really clever and. Mm. Uh, I, I think it's testament to to them. I mean, everybody in it. I just think like you know, plays their part beautifully. It is a mark of a great comedy that they can, that that people can write things that make you care so much about the characters that they can put heartbreaking moments into something where you're supposed to be laughing. Absolutely, and, and I think absolutely. that's what this country does. Like you say about Only Fools and Horses, they they did it a couple of times. I can remember. Yeah, absolutely. When Del Boy finally got hold of his son mm. at that moment, oh, and. Yeah. One minute and, you're and, laughing, and when, he one takes, minute you're and when he takes a kick in as well, he takes a kick in off the Driscoll yeah, cover. Yeah, that's stuff right. That's just, <laughs> but but they've taken they've taken like what like you know maybe kind of ten fifteen series to kind of achieve that. You know, it, yeah. it, it wasn't as immediate. And I just think that like you know at least for me and the people the the, the people that watch it, um, I, I feel like um, Daisy and Charlie have earned that really quickly. Mm. So we we've asked pretty much every super fan that we've spoken to whether they prefer series one to series two. Which do you prefer? Ooh, putting you on the spot now. It's tricky. Um, I got to say, uh, like you know, I, I, just because, like, because watching like the Scarecrow, uh, like yeah, episode episode one, a series one, it was so immediate. Like I, I, I remember after after seeing it, I was driving, um, I was driving back home to see my mum and dad, and uh, I was driving through uh, a, a, t- a town near me called Marshfield. And they were having a, a scarecrow mm. project competition. I'm like, this is so perfect, you know? Like, it isn't, you know, for, for people that maybe not live in the West Country or anything like that, then maybe they might be thinking, ah, oh, that doesn't really happen, or that's mm. a stretch. But it absolutely isn't. It isn't. And, uh, yeah, like, you know, all that kind of stuff, all that, you know, like, curtain playing Warhammer and all that kind of stuff. Like, every, everything about it, I just feel like I've walked a mile in these shoes, and, and so is everyone I know. Mm. Um, uh, so... Ah, it's, it's tricky. I, I I still feel like I'm leaning more towards series one than series two. Okay. Although maybe maybe my uh, maybe my favourite episode is in series two. Oh, must inquire. Mm. Which one would that be? I like uh, I, I I like the uh, the vicar's son. Right. Oh, okay. that is a good episode. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, I think, I, I think. well, I mean, you know, coming from the big city of Bristol, which I'm from, uh, like, you know, I just, I just think, uh, like, you know, I, I, think, I think it's lovely. And I, I remember, like, you know, I, I remember uh, a mate of, of ours, like, you know, coming back uh, from, like, you know, from London and, and just having that kind of, you know, like, you know, curtains kind of hanging on his every word a little bit, just going like, you know, like, you know, what's it like? You know, you want to know about it. And I, I can't remember because it's like, it's all kind of, uh, um, I'm, I'm paraphrasing and not really doing it any, uh, any favour. Um, but he was like, he was asking, like, you know, he was just like, you know, I just seen a bit of life. And Curtin said something like, "What's life like?" That's right. <laughs> like, yeah, because yeah. yeah, yeah, he had, like, you know, because really, he's aware of his own limitations. Immediately aware of his own limitations, and uh, it turns out that his own limitations could be uh, improved exponentially by just, uh, you know, or his horizons broaden exponentially by just going not what twenty minutes down the road. Yeah, mm. but it's like the vicar. And, 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 it's like the vicar's son lives in a different so country. Or... Yeah. But I mean, it happens so much. There's so many. There's so many people that like are comfortable to like you know to be in that pond. And it will be the judge. It's absolutely fine. Like you know, like you know, run your own race and play your own furrow. But um, uh, but yeah, like you know, the idea of of, of people that are like you know quite insular and never really kind of broadening their horizons that way and just thinking, yeah, blimey, Bristol. I haven't really got the stomach to go there. Like you know, what must that be like when you think you know you probably get on there for a bus that costs you about a fiver. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Joe, I, 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 there was a there was a kitty. I remember going back from um, uh, university and stuff like that, and like you know, I, I like you know, I, I finished university actually. I just started work, and I come back in to like you know the the, the kind of village I'm from, and this lad, um, like you know, was telling me in the pub. He was like, "Yeah, I'm." Uh, he went, "I'm I'm I'm the artist kitty in Oldland Common," <laughs> and I was like. Wow, like, yeah, I mean, like you know, that that frame was like a really proud boost, and I'm like, and, and it reminds me of uh, uh, of when Daisy's talking about like you know, she was just like, uh, you know, got like you know, enemies in safe Cerny and Cerny Wick and all that kind of stuff, and you think like that 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 means a lot to to to, to some people, like you know, I, I just feel like you know, just, like you know, the triviality of it kind of wanted to make me laugh, but even though I thought it was kind of stupid and farcical, I mean, the bloke was definitely already had hands like shovels so he could have probably uh, could have, uh I, I had to sit there and just nod nod sagey and just go yeah that well that, 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 that must be lovely <laughs> <laughs> so what what about characters then joe do you have a favorite character oh i mean like the, the thing is you know it is it is it is truly like an ensemble they've created a world for themselves which i really really like you know, like I, I've I've listened to like you know when I've listened to your podcast and stuff, I know everybody like you know like you know seems to kind of gravitate a little bit towards a uh, you know Martin or uh, like you know or Curtin or, or, or like you know, but it, it, I don't know I don't know I just feel like they're they're all so good like you know like I I'm I'm interested to like you know I want to I I want to find them I want to find out more about all of them you know like I want I want to I want to find out more and more about slugs I want to find out more about big man. I want to find out more about the vicar. Like, you know, it doesn't really matter. Like, you know, it can go in any kind of direction. I just think they're absolute class. Mm. You know, it's, 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 it's difficult. Um, it's difficult for me because I just think that I just want to come to the town. And I think there's probably other characters as well that we've not even seen yet. Like, that's why I feel like, you know, for me, it can run and run. You yeah, know, I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm a big fan of Len, if I'm honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's, I think he's the most tragic figure out of the lot. Yeah. Yeah, you know. abso- absolutely. But again, like, do you know what? It always, like, always surprises me. Like, when, when you hear people talking about um, uh, actors on telly or whatever, and they go, oh, well, that was a bit over the top. People aren't like that. The most, the most mad things I've ever seen 
they're they're not on telly. They're in real life. Yeah. You know, you see people in real life, and I, I, I think to myself, wow, if I tried to portray that on screen, people would just laugh at me. It'd be like, no one's like that. No one's like that. But there's nothing, nothing as strange as is the things that you see in real life. Mm. And uh, but yeah, you're right. I mean, Len is 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 an incredibly tragic figure. Yeah, especially in the special when he sat yeah. there eating, uh, just eating his yeah, cool yeah. things. Yeah, it yeah. is it's so sad. Um, and, and actually, like you know, I mean, you know, more more broadly, like you know, I, I think it kind of like you know, it strikes it strikes a really note. Like in in terms of good comedy, I think is socially insightful. Like you know, good social commentary, and I think it is. It doesn't it doesn't lean too heavy on that, or it doesn't try to drive in a, a point in a very funky way. But it does hold a mirror up to society and the society we live in. Um, and even though we can laugh at it, I think there's some really salient points and important points to take away. So mm. I don't want to like you know spend this podcast kind of over intellectualising because I think it just sounds a bit stupid or a bit pretentious. But yeah, because that's think not that's not our style at all, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> but, just... but you know what I mean? Like no, you know, I completely it, agree. Like, I mean, it's, it's, it's testament how clever it is, and that's why um, that's why it's got such a broad audience, and that's why it can run and run because it's not just about being funny as well. Like you know, it's, it's like you know, it, it drives some really important points in. I think. I think that's also the format. Of of the show making it a mockumentary when they do those little um text moments which is yeah. basically then telling you what the social commentary of yeah. that episode is whether it's about the nhs or whether it's about obesity in in rural areas or you know unemployment that, that, that they they do put those points across like you say but very very cleverly and yeah. quite subtly as well they're not bashing you over the head with it they're just telling you look just this is actually what we're trying to say but in a in a funny mockumentary way. Absolutely. Yeah, that's it. That's it. And, and and they absolutely nail it. And and that's why I think that it kind of belongs. You know, even even now talking about it now, I feel like it belongs in a pantheon of greats. You know, there's not many comedies that I've seen like it, uh, where I feel it kind of strikes that note, it strikes that balance incredibly well. And like you know, it, it's just like when you're watching like you know fantastic footballers at the moment, they're like, oh yeah, but they're not like Pele or whatever. Almost like you know, you need to retire or something, or the series needs to stop before you can judge it against the others. But I think already, like you know, I I think that it can be. I think it can be judged and looked at that way um, as as a truly great original comedy and you know testament to the two of them for for, for doing that. Actually, not just the two of them as well. Like you know, I mean, you know, I like you know because I, 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 I think I was listening to um, to Charlie on the Two Shot Pod, um, mm. you know, and, uh, and and he was talking about. Uh, like you know, it was, it was anybody was listening to it. I don't want to like you know advocate a rival po- podcast. But no, no, no. Pod- Craig is a good friend of ours. He's he's been a. I know. Guest, he's been yeah. On the show. Yeah, so um, far away. Yeah, and I, like you know, I, I mean, to, to to listen to to, to Charlie uh, talking about their journey and how they got on, and how like you know they were originally with uh, ITV, I think, and uh, you know it didn't really work out. They're trying to kind of like you know water down a product. It would have been a very different product. That's no disrespect to ITV, but you know the group of people that were working with him at that time uh, made something that like you know that that, that they weren't as proud of, um, and they didn't have the autom- the same autonomy as they've obviously got with the BBC. Um, and like you know, obviously they were paired up with uh, uh, I think his name's Tom George, is it the director? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Tom, and then Simon Mayhew Archer and is the producer. Simon Mayhew Archer, that's right. Yeah, and you know that that that's become like a powerhouse. You know, like those those four guys there are working collaboratively together. And and, and like I mean, I don't know what goes on behind closed scenes and stuff like that, but those four people, um, like you know, 
seems to have galvanised and like you know know each other's strengths and weaknesses and stuff, um, and it just allows it to get better and better. So um, you know sometimes you know just getting like you know like, thinking that like you start with ITV and you think oh god that's not really working out and you feel broken hearted, but actually sometimes it's the best thing in the world because. Uh, what they've done with it at BBC Three has, uh, like you know, has made it something to remember. Indeed, um, we will talk a little bit more about this country uh, a little bit later on. But uh, you mentioned before we went on air that you're uh, a big Bristol City fan. <laughs> I am indeed. Yeah, um, yeah. So, a car current season ticket holder. Right. Okay. Because yeah. I'm, I'm always fascinated with anybody that lives in one of the big cities that has a couple of teams. How they is it a family thing that you chose Bristol City or? No, I I I remember uh, no my yeah my dad's not really into football. It's weird. Like most people would get it from their parents, don't they? But my mm. dad's not into football, and uh, my mum's not. And I grew up on the side of uh, Bristol that I uh, sh- like. You know, should make me a Bristol Rovers fan. So uh, you know, couple would be an actor as well. Like, I I feel like I. Uh, I, I made it quite hard for myself, really, because uh, don't get many actors in Bristol and stuff, and it turns a few eyebrows. And uh, the idea I was going to be a Bristol City fan in Bristol Ravers territory just made it doubly hard. But uh, <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe I'm not the kind of papa leash resistance uh, man that I've grown into in adulthood. But uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, you know, like I, I, my old football manager. Uh, I was best friends with his son, and uh, they were avid Bristol City fans. And he took me to my first ever game, um, which was uh, a, um, a, a Millwall game. And I remember like getting in Bedminster, which is close to uh, the mecca of English football, uh, and <laughs> and uh, like you know these these ladies kind of uh, sweeping up a load of gra- glass with a broom. And um, my uh, like my, my my mate's dad went. Um, What's up? Is it like National Cleanup Day? And then this lady said, "No, Millwall have just been." Oh, and I remember yeah. kind of echoing in my mind, um, and I don't know why. Like, but rather than thinking it's kind of it was scary, I suppose. Like, you know, I felt like, like you know, I, 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 it was kind of intoxicating. And then walking out is like a nine-year-old boy or whatever, and then you can. You know, you can smell the cigarettes and you can hear the swearing and all that kind of stuff and the, the, the banter of adults and stuff that you, you kind of bow to and reverence in school and all that kind of thing. But yet for the first time, you're hearing them just being kind of a little bit more kind of feral and tribal and stuff like that. There was something about that that absolutely appealed and I was up from then on. Uh, never stopped going and never stopped getting into it. And, um, you know, it was, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a fantastic thing. Even now, when I go to a new ground and I walk out for the first time, you know, you get these kind of chills where you're all excited and you can't wait to go and see a new a new football brand. Mm, um, yeah. So it's, I'm a big I'm a big football geek and I love it. So how how are they doing this season? Because last was it last season or the season before they got quite close to promotion, didn't they? Yeah, well, last season we fell away after Christmas and we had a massive uh, a, a League Cup run where we made it to the semi-finals of the League Cup, That's which was right. absolutely fantastic. Beat Manchester United, beat Crystal Palace, uh, beat Stoke, uh, beat Watford, and like you know, like you know, just kind of lay people to waste, really, like Premiership clubs to waste before uh, eventually coming unstuck against the unstoppable Man City. So I think, you know, in the grand scheme of things, you can't really complain at that. And uh, those memories, that that memory of beating Manchester United and seeing like Jose Mourinho or whatever, and seeing all those kind of people that you know that you've only ever really seen on the television will uh and, and that pitch invasion uh like you know which uh, like you know for legal reasons i obviously didn't take part in but <laughs> <laughs> if there was anyone looking at looking just like me smashed on cider and uh and just absolutely euphoric then uh, i can forgive them because uh they had a brilliant night well you can't you, you surely you can't get on the pitch if you're at one of the executive boxes which i'm sure that's where you would have seen the game surely 
Yeah, no, I, I, I like, you know, I, I'm not uh, not a member of the prawn sandwich brigade. No. <laughs> I'd rather, uh, rather be amongst me people. You know, it's a lot more fun that way. And uh, I like to have a few drinks on North Street before our game and stuff, and just have a bit of a chat and a natter with people. Um, and I go with me mates, and like you know, and, and I, I think I always will. Well, I did get to, I did get to go to the box, uh, the box last uh, last season because um, a lady called Marina Dolman, who was the, uh, the 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 chair lady of uh, the. Um, uh, the the club well she's president actually um invited me because i was doing a, a, a documentary on her and her husband uh, and they invited me to the box and uh i gotta say i i had, a, had, a, had an amazing time and i was very well taken care of so uh to walk a mile in those shoes is pretty fancy and it's uh it was a, it was a lovely afternoon but uh i was glad to join a ranking far back on the terraces oh fantastic joe it would be a miss if we didn't ask you about Broadchurch. we we must ask you about that um, yeah of course did you when you first read the script? Did you realise it was going to be the success or the 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 must see TV that it became? No, I I, I mean I, I I remember I remember reading it and thinking, wow, this is amazing. Um, but initially, like you know, when you got for when you got for parts and stuff like that, like you know, I, I don't know, like you know, I, I said, imagine if you're David Tennant or Olivia Coleman, you probably get to read as much as they've written. Um, but I wasn't afforded that opportunity because I I was nowhere near. And still, I'm nowhere near uh, as, as as important as those folks. So, um, uh, so I was just given sights and find out a bit more about my character. And like, you know, you find out that it's a, a sort of a West Country story about infanticide in a, a community that kind of turns on in itself. And I was like, well, that's a very interesting story, and I'd not heard it done before. So, of course, I want to be part of it. Mm. Um, and then, as as you read more. Uh, uh, read more scripts, then you're like, wow, I'm hooked. Like, you know, even as a fan, I'd like, you know, I would definitely like to watch this. And the best thing about it was that, like, you know, it, we only got it two episodes by two episodes. So we got it incrementally, and the director kept calling people aside as they needed to know stuff. So I remember, like, you know, getting called to one side and just going, just to let you know, um, you're starting to get the impression now that Pauline, Cler- like, you know, you know that Pauline Kirk is your mum. Should I say that? People, everyone's watching. No. <laughs> I mean, years ago. Uh, yeah. So, uh, no, you know, so like, you know, I say, and then, and then all your mates like, in it or like, you know, so your friends, the actors were just going, well, they just tell you and you couldn't tell them. So mm. it's quite nice because what they were trying to do is turn that like, you know, community of actors in on themselves because, you know, if you had murdered someone, anyone, You'd be trying to hide it from the people like you know that you were closest to. You'd be hiding it from everyone, wouldn't you? Yeah. And like you wouldn't be just sat there, kind of twizzling your fake moustache and stroking a, a, a white cat. Um, although I probably look a bit like Blayfelt, so maybe I could. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, like, you know, like and, and so I, I felt that like you know it, it brought a kind of authenticity and stuff because when we were having a pint afterwards after work and stuff and having a bit of a chat in a pub, sometimes the conversation would turn onto the script and that, and then uh, and and you had to be deliberately evasive, which I thought was quite nice because yeah. we didn't we didn't know who did it until we got the final two episodes and stuff, and uh, we all had a meeting together where uh, where the murderer was unveiled. Mm. Mm. Uh, well, what point did you realize that the show was going to become this like phenomenon that well worldwide phenomenon because i I know that america absolutely don't know because at the time i can't remember the show it was up against but there was a show that it was up against um which you know like you know the bbc had like invested all their kind of money into and you know because you can tell with scheduling sometimes if something's going to be like if, if they know something's going to be really good the opposite channel doesn't doesn't play something really big against it because otherwise one of them's going to win and one of them's going to be a failure. And like, if you, if you drop millions and millions of pounds on a, on a show, then you're just going to try and you're going to try and pitch it against something that maybe wouldn't be as successful. But BBC yeah. went, went, 
all out against Broadchurch thinking they were going to win. And I can't remember what the show was called now. And I think it's probably testament to Broadchurch that, like, you know, that probably no one remembers that show. Mm. It, you know, it might have been very, very good. But for some reason, it captures the public imagination. Now, you know, I, I'm, not, I'm not saying it wasn't good. It's it, like, you know, I'm, I'm too close to it. I, I, I really loved it. I'm really proud of it and stuff. And, and people really liked it. But the thing to remember is that, like, you know, the public are a big part of that, like, you know, a huge part of that. If people feel particularly partisan towards something and beat the drum for it, then it's a self-fulfilling prophecy that it goes on and does really well for itself. So I'm really grateful to everyone who watched it and everybody who talked about it, um, because otherwise... Uh, it, it probably might not have been the success and it still would have been the same show and it still would have been equally as good. It's just that, you know, that it, it carries with it the weight of the, the kind of public imagination. And I think event TV is a massive part of that. And, mm. and I feel like that's something that we're losing now. Um, whereas we, you know, we live in this generation now where you can get on Netflix or on ITV or whatever. You can just binge watch the things that you want to see. Yeah. That's right. You know, and, and so, and, and, and really, like, you know, if you're watching it and you're on episode four and I'm on episode two, I'm like, don't tell me what happens and all that kind of stuff. Whereas there's something nice. What Broadchurch was one of those shows where you had to wait a week and it doesn't matter who you were, how important you were. Everyone had to wait in turn. And so you go into your offices and your factories and like, you know, in your pubs and your clubs and your football teams and stuff. And then you would talk about it, who you think it might be and why you think it might be and stuff. And everyone's watching it together. Is that, so yeah. it kind of galvanizes the British imagination, which I thought was brilliant. And, and, and I think it's a real shame that we don't really have too much of that anymore because uh, I think event TV is class. It's, it's, it's a rare thing these days. It, it definitely is. I can't think of very many other programs that are like that where people... Like say, Netflix normally just drop twelve episodes. Yeah, and, and you and, can binge and yeah. your own yeah. But and it's, it's a shame, isn't it? Because like you know, if, if you back <laughs> your TV show, and especially if it's a, a who done it, I think it's nice that we all just kind of anticipate something together. And a bit of anticipation is nice. I mean, like you know, if you turn around and just went, oh, okay, instead of December the twenty fifth, like yeah, you know, it's like June. I can't be bothered to wait that long. Let's have Christmas in July. Then it wouldn't be as special, would it? No. I don't know. I'd love that Christmas. I'd Christmas, <laughs> every, Christmas every day. I would love it. Get out, Roy! <laughs> Come on, Roy! Get out! Uh, right then. Um, every week we do a uh, a little quiz called Kerry or Curtain, uh, Joe. Uh, okay. So, we, uh, are you ready to play? I will give it a go. Okay, I'm going to give you five lines of dialogue. You have to tell me if it's Kerry or Curtain. Okay. Here we go. Here's the first one. I'm going to pop by the bowls club, see the utter carnage unfold. Oh, that is absolutely curtain. It is absolutely curtain. Well done. Number two, just a bit less power now. Just a bit less power now. Is that Kerry or curtain? I don't know. Can I come back to it or no? Uh, you can come back to it. If you, are you going to pass on that one and come back well, to no, it? Well, no, I want to I wanna come back. I want to go. That's, yeah, you can have a go. If you want to yeah, have a think about it. it, no one's ever passed before and no. gone back to one, no, but that's fine. That's I'm fine. ripping out the rule book here tonight. As long as you're not watching iPlayer on another device. and yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I've, got. I've got screens everywhere. <laughs> it's like Minority Report at my hotel room. <laughs> <laughs> okay, number three. As you can tell, I went through a serious snotling phase. Oh, that's Curtain. That is, with his Warhammer stuff. With his Warhammer stuff, Indeed. Yeah. Number four. The thing is, though, it's buzzing up there. Not a particularly good reading of that line. I'll no. grant you that, but that might put you off. The thing is, though, it's buzzing up there. Ooh. 
he's on about the bowls club is current again no that was kerry oh. talking oh. about the scarecrow festival when curtain was down on uh the farm the farm Okay, number five. <laughs> number five. All he could bang on about was how his kids were left in the jungle. Kerry. That was Kerry in oven space. Right, so you got that one, uh, that one, number two, just a bit less power now. This will be for four out of five. Oh, blimey. The, the, the pressure is huge, isn't it? It I is. I'll tell you. I mean, if your palms are sweaty, I'll I mean, tell I can you. imagine anybody listening. And there'll also oh. be, yeah, there'll be listeners now shouting the answer at their yeah, device now. Of course they will be. Of course there will be. Just a bit less power now. I wish I had the countdown clock going. Yeah, no, you should do. I'm just going to dive in. I don't want to kill this. Dead as a crime. I'm going to say this. Carry. It was Kerry when she she was playing golf with the vicar. That's it, yeah. Well done. Four out of five. That's very, very good, sir. Well done. Thank you very much. Well done, indeed. Thank you for bearing with me as well. That's yeah, okay. No, no problem at all. We're, we're fair quiz masters. Indeed. So, Joe, um, we really are. What, going forward, is there any scenarios you'd like to see the guys from this country sort of go into or be involved in? Absolutely. I'd like them to be involved in a long-running spat uh, with the uh, with the head of the South Surrey Massive, who happens to be uh, a big, bold Bristolian. <laughs> <laughs> Nicely done. Nicely well done. done there. Well done. <laughs> well, fantastic. Does, I mean, like we said, I mean, to be honest, I think you're, you you should be like Curtin's mate, mate who lives in Stroud. There was a yes. that lived in Stride, wasn't it? And they thought, oh, my God, they've made it because they work at Halfords <laughs> and they've got a flat in Stride. I mean, just come back, grab the fishing rods and off to the lake. Yeah. Oh, that'd be class. Well, do you know what? Like, he's, he's the real deal, isn't he? Like, you know, like, you know Charlie, he, he plays for the cricket team. He's a proper, he's a fisherman in real life. Bit disappointed he's a Fulham fan, if I'm honest. <laughs> but, you know. Can't have it all, can you? He's, no. he's, 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 he, I mean, they're, they're all very welcome at Ashton Gate if ever they fancy it. Well, but with the way that Fulham are going, you'll be seeing them next year, mate. Don't worry. Yeah, well, they've already taken our best left back. So, uh, you know, if they could bring in with them as well and the next time they come back, that'd be great. Wonderful. Um, before we uh, sort of start signing off, I notice if anybody looks on your Twitter, you, do, you have a lot of things to do with um, different charities. Um, I just wondered if you might want to talk about a few of them. Um, yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I feel like if ever you're fortunate enough to be, uh, like, you know, like some divvy that they let you on the telly, like me, which is very kind of people, I feel like it's part of some kind of Bristolian care in the community outreach project, to be honest, every time I get a job. <laughs> um, but, um, like, you know, like, you know, if you get the chance to do these kind of things and you get the chance to, uh, shine a light on the amazing thing that's, that people are doing, then... I feel like, um, like, uh, why wouldn't you? You know, um, so, so uh, there's lots of kind of charities that I, I support or, or like, you know, advocate. But the, the most important thing I think is that, like, I, see, I just see, like, you know, good people doing good things everywhere. It's very, like, very often, like, everyone just going, oh, you know, the world's a bit of a rubbish place, and like, you know, everybody's horrible. But I think the antithesis is true. Like, you know, I see some amazing people doing, like, ordinary people doing extraordinary things. I, I, I run this group called Five Hundred Reasons, actually, um, and. Uh, it, like you know, I I remember just giving loads of like you know money to charity and stuff, and then just people ringing me up, just going, oh, you can give a bit more, you can give a bit more, and just thought it was a bit cynical and horrible. Mm-hmm. So I thought I had this idea of like you know I was like I'm going to get 500 of my mates to sign up, 
Um, and only those people are going to be able to nominate like where we think the money should go. Um, so it's one one pound a week. So I've got me 500 mates to sign up uh, like, you know, one pound a week. Uh, and me and four of my friends um, are like the administration team. So you send your nominations in to, um, uh, to, to this email account and then we decide. Uh, where that 500 pound goes so 500 pound comes in every week 500 pound goes out every week and it's normally like you know individuals or groups of people that might ordinarily slip through the net you know there was um uh, a lollipop lady for example um like you know who lost her job and was in danger of losing her flat and everybody loved her at the school and they wanted to help her out and like you know she got really sad and really flustered and didn't know what to do so we were able just to kind of cut her a check for 500 quid to cut, help get her back on her feet you know it isn't life-changing stuff but it's just it's just something just to make people's life a little bit a little bit lighter and actually the most important thing i think is sometimes even more than the money just the idea that when you're on at your lowest ebb or you're feeling a bit low or whatever it is you, you get a message from somebody just saying that 500 strangers have uh, like you know just have got your back, so it's just a little arm around the shoulder for people that um that, that mm. need it. That's great. So that do, great. do you have like a website for that, or is that just a thing that you do amongst yourselves? Oh, there's a closed uh, there's a closed Facebook group and stuff, but um yeah, like really it's just it's just 500 mates uh, or, or like you know friends of friends and stuff, and we're we're full up. I always said that. You know, really, like you know, the model is 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 really easy to emulate. So, if there was anyone listening and wanted to do it themselves, you know, we're not a charity; we're a we're a fundraising group. So, we're just five hundred mates uh, that that chuck a pound in the pot and then decide each week where that money should go. And so, you know, we give it to all kinds of different people, and like you know, do we think like you know deserve it? But it's like it's a completely autonomous thing. So, if anybody was listening and wanted to do it, you know, you could have a hundred people or fifty people if you wanted, and then just help people in your area. It's just that feeling of like you know that that kind of um, I like you know being I, I like you know galvanizing as a community or whatever a digital yeah. community and then just trying to help paint so you know you might want to help like you know like I, we help lots of different kind of groups and stuff there was a girl uh, unfortunately who's um mum and dad were in australia and, and like because she's an australian girl um both, and she was over here and both her parents got diagnosed within months of one another with cancer and she didn't have the money to fly back so we were able just to kind of like, like you know just like pay for her to have a flight home yeah. um and and that was lovely but yeah it might be that if somebody was listening they want to start out their own group um they might want to just focus on libraries or they might want to focus on like youth clubs or something like that like it doesn't matter does it like you no. know I mean, what i'm saying is that you could just get a group together and like you know it's really easy it's hard to try and get the pound off everybody and set up the direct debits and stuff but when you're up and running um then it's like shooting fish in a barrel because there's lots of people that need help and uh and also it just means that we as individuals we're always looking out for for people that we can you know hopefully make our lives just a little bit better you know like i say it's not earth shattering money but uh you know just yeah, just just makes well, makes everyone. That's, that's a really really great idea because, like you say, there's a lot of people, the smaller people that would fall through the net and and wouldn't have anybody to be able to to help them. I think that's that's really great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Oh, cheers, cheers, chaps! Oh, that's but, yeah. fantastic. What a, what a positive, wonderful yeah. way to finish a great podcast. Yeah, oh, wicked. That is amazing. Well, Joe, thank you so much for uh, for spending some time with us. It's been a real it's pleasure been such a to pleasure. speak to you. Thank you very much for having me. And, and good luck with all the filming and... Um, the football. <laughs> the, the football, indeed. Let's hope that um, Daisy and Charlie are listening and then they start writing you into Series 3. Um, great. All of that sort of stuff. We'll take 15%, obviously, because we've acted like your agents in this. So. <laughs> You'd be very, very welcome to it. <laughs> oh, dear. But, Joe, it's been a real pleasure to speak to you. Thank you ever so much. 
Thanks very much, chaps. All the best. Thank, Thank you, you Thank Joe. you very much, Neil. Uh, would you want to do a quick little Absolutely. bit of uh, housekeeping? So we're on all the social media sites, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, under WTAF. We have a w- email address, so you can contact us for anything. It's WTAFthiscountry at hotmail.com. We're also on Patreon with loads of different rewards. What are the... It's patreon.com forward slash WTAF and all the information plus all our merch, all of that stuff, other information is on the website, which is WTAFpodcast.com. Fantastic. So there you go. Once again, thank you very much, Joe. Thank you, Joe. Cheers, boys. Thank you very much. All the best. Thank thank you very much, Neil. Thank you for power. And that's it from me. So go and get plumbed, you fuckers. (laughs) Scarecrow Festival is like the most important day of the year. This is just ridiculous. What the actual fuck? Hi, I'm Pav. I'm Neil. We're here to tell you about our new exciting project, the Top 10 of Anything podcast. Phenomenal. That's right, Neil. We grab a guest or two, pick a subject, then bring our own Top 10s to the pod. Yes. It could be Top 10 scary movies, Top 10 swear words, Top 10 breakfast foods, anything. Oh, you saucy devil. Indeed, Neil. Our first episode will be online very soon, so subscribe on all your usual podcast platforms so you don't miss it. Yes. The Top 10 of Anything podcast. Let's begin the countdown. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.